0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery, the podcast where you tell us what to watch and then I get a random number generator out and roll on a giant table of 200 movies and sometimes I can find them. No. And sometimes? <laughs> sometimes I can't. And no. then we have to watch Cabin Boy. <laughs>
1: Wait, is that what happened?
0: Well, the first movie I rolled, I could not find. (laughs) So the second one, the second one (laughs) stood the test of time. we
1: still rolled it randomly. You didn't go, it wasn't just, you were like, well, we can't find this movie. So you have to break the glass on a little (laughs) cabinet.
0: In case of no movie, watch Cabin Boy. (laughs) That's why this is our 27th time watching Cabin Boy.
1: Oh, this is the worst idea podcast ever. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, I'm John. That? They That's that, Jeff. Yeah, they watch that, like, Adam Sandler movie yeah, every day. Yeah, some Grown
0: Ups too. Yeah, that was it. As well. Mm-hmm. Grown Ups as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I would pr- much prefer to watch this than Grown Ups or Grown Ups 2 over and over again. <laughs> Indeed. I, I, even in the form of a short
0: review. Probably just because it's a shorter movie. True. This is a very short movie. Yeah. Which is, it's nice. It's nice to have, like, an hour and a half movie. Yeah uh not even that it's like an hour and 20 jesus okay it's
1: like the bare minimum requirements for a film
0: but yeah this is 1994's cabin boy Mm -hmm. a uh almost what 30 year old movie that yeah good lord chris elliott stars (laughs) in his first starring role yeah excuse me whoa sorry oh no Oh, don't die. Don't get all choked up on Chris Guys, Elliott's first starring role. This is role. gonna be
1: my last <clears throat> last words coming now. Here they are, and I want them to be about Chris Elliott. <laughs> yeah. I've got I'm, some I've got some thoughts. I'm
0: I'm going, I'm on the way out, but mm. before I do, <laughs> let me tell you about Chris Elliott. Just a
1: few collected final thoughts on Chris Elliott for the edification of the people. Chris Elliott feels like he was only ever famous because David Letterman wanted it to be so.
0: I mean, you know, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Sometimes someone gets famous because one other person was like, I like this guy. This guy. guy.
1: Eh, this, <laughs> guy. this guy. Like, I'm not saying Chris Elliott isn't talented. He's a fine actor. He does th- He shows up in a couple of things. But what he shouldn't do is show up as the star in a couple of things. He's really, like, a great side character.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is his first starring role, but his second film and... Second film with him and Brian Doyle Murray, huh? Because they were both in Groundhog's Day. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, I, I guess I vaguely remember that. That's the case. Yeah, yeah. he's the
0: cameraman, is Chris mm-hmm. Elliott, mm-hmm. and then uh, Murray is the mayor.
1: Exactly that. That makes it work. See how much better that works when yeah. he's when he's in just like some guy in Groundhog Day and not like the main character.
0: Yeah, you're like, oh, we see him for you know maybe five mm-hmm. total minutes. Mostly he's just there to be like, hey, I'm here, <laughs> Chris Elliott. Yeah. Oh, okay, bye.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I, what else are we going to uh, You get that get a life show, which I vaguely remember watching and thinking was OK, but not great. And then he's in one of the scary movies is like a gross. Dude. Yeah, I think
0: it's two
1: where he's the gross butler. Yeah, he's got like a nasty hand or something. And that's that's actually a perfect role for this guy, <laughs> for this guy. But here's the thing. This movie is one of those like famous. You can even tell why it's on the list. It's one of those famously bad movies.
0: Yeah, this I mean, the year it came out, it got. Nominated for a Razzie and a Stinker's Bad Movie Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, One, the Razzie for Chris Elliott, Worst New Star, and yep. the uh, Stinker he was like, for hey, Worst was Movie. Hey, was Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, well, he wasn't a star. <laughs> this is his first leading role.
1: You know who I feel like got robbed of the Best Star Award for this movie is Mike Starr, who was in it. You think he'd be like, "Hey, <laughs>
0: hey, I'm I'm actually a star." Yeah, but you're not new. <laughs> Don't you have one for a best old star or a best Mike star? <laughs> yes, our Razzie for best Mike star.
1: <laughs> it normally goes to a rapper, but this year we've respelled both
0: words, and it's you, Mike Star. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, no, this is uh. This is also a movie that both of us had seen before, but it had been almost 30 years since either of us had seen it. I saw it in
1: theaters. That was the only time I ever saw it. It was in theaters in 94. Uh I I want I feel like there, this was right around the time when I first ever walked out of a movie, but it wasn't this. I think it was 93 <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Aw. Um which now I regret cuz
0: Yeah, cuz you were a piece of shit back uh, then. It was
1: really bad when you were like 13 you're like oh i'm really excited to see my favorite characters come to life and then you go in there and it's just...
0: i'm gonna see my two favorite super mario brothers the plumbers that i love yeah
1: and they're gonna jump
0: on turtles and
1: shit oh no they don't they
0: don't do any of that
1: oh none you of know. that you say oh, they meet mojo nixon and <laughs> go to cyberpunk Shadowrun world
0: and wear <laughs> heavy boots oh good lord yeah, yeah. the uh now for me this was a movie that I rented at some point while I was in Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I remember that. Here's a weird thing: when I think about this movie, because I know that I watched it on like a TV in just some room somewhere mm-hmm. at like my grandma's house.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and and you were staring straight into the middle distance and were uh, emotionlessly eating fried chicken from a bucket, <laughs> just, just sort of, just no, 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 no betraying the, no evidence that you're alive. Even
0: here's the thing. When I think of this movie, and I would think back before I watched it, and I would think of any scene I could remember, which was about four, mm-hmm. I remember it in full screen. Like, I don't remember it as <laughs> here's the image that was on a TV. I remember the like scene as a full scene in my head. It's just a weird <laughs> thing as a memory to be like, oh, yeah, I don't, rem- it's not like a memory of this movie as. I was sitting in a room and it was on this TV.
1: I have less memories of this movie than I do of people making fun of David Letterman for being in it. Like, that's the the vast majority of my memories of this are people being like, so your first movie ever, huh? And he's like, yep. And they're like, so Cabin Boy, huh? You wanted, you just tried to sell a guy a monkey? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's that's my whole thing. That's my role in the film. Yes. <laughs> that's like all I remember. The, the I remember, the, I know the movie failed and they had Chris Elliott on. Letterman after it flopped disastrously, and he was kind of there to absorb yelling at from the audience. Ha! Huh. Um, it was it was mostly the things around this movie are very good, but you know, famously, the movie is supposed to be incredibly bad. Is it? Uh, Let's find out after the break.
0: Well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trying that until one of these days
0: I'm the break. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. So, uh, no spoiler review, real quick. Nowhere near as bad as people no. would say it is. It's fine. It's it's not great. Oh no, goodness no. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying like rush out and watch this hidden gem of a movie, but also yeah maybe rush I mean, out and watch like, this hidden gem of a movie. And, like
1: if you're thinking of mid '90s comedies and you're rating them in your head, you're going to be like, well, this one's got to be near the bottom of the list because it's famously bad. But I'll tell you right now, better than Deuce Bigelow. I'll tell you so much a, right yeah, now. It's, it's better than... I'd say it's it's better than every Rob Schneider and Adam Sandler film post-Happy Madison. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or Billy Madison, whatever. Ha- or Happy Gilmore. Or Happy Gilmore. Or Happy Matta Gilmore. I mean, his Gilmore, production Happy studio Gilmore is Girls. Happy
0: Madison because of his first two films that yes. were big.
1: Yes, I know. You see... Yeah, I'm just saying that it all went downhill at Big Daddy and it never came back.
0: No. Uh all right, yeah, let's go ahead. We'll get our little interstitial music. We'll come back with the full spoiler review of 1994's Cabin Boy. <laughs> back and it is time to talk about the old cabin boy
1: yeah now i don't know how long it's been since you the listener has seen this movie but certainly you've
0: heard some things it's i mean it's possible you may have no idea what the fuck this movie is the thing is it was a Tim Burton film. It's, yeah, he's like a
1: producer, I think, is all he really does on well, it. Well,
0: it was supposed to be originally a vehicle for Tim Burton.
1: Oh, so I'd be willing to bet then that his producer credit is some fucking holdover shit where he actually had nothing to do with this at all. But like legally, they had to say he was the producer still.
0: No, I'm sure he produced it. But I, I assume it was like, oh, this was going to be like Tim Burton, I think, starring in it. <laughs> Tim Burton stars? That doesn't sound right. He's never starred in anything. Yeah, well, that's why. <laughs> it's this. Cabin boy did it. Shot him down, and then he never recovered.
1: Huh. Okay, sure. Why not? Yeah. I um I'll I'll admit I forgot a lot about it. One of the things oh, I, yeah. I definitely remembered about this movie, or incorrectly about this movie, was that it was like period. That it was one hundred percent what I was gonna
0: bring up is yeah. when it started, and then he like there's a car that shows up. I was like, Wait, wait, hold on, I thought this was supposed to be (laughs) old-timey shit, and then I was like, huh, this is modern day, but then all of the adventures are like old-timey Sinbad shit.
1: Yeah, it's easy to forget the modern touches because they're minor, like there's a part where they, again, he gets in a car, the ship has a microwave on it, uh, but... It, it, everything else is like, oh, he ends. He walks to to where he needs to be. He ends up in a rustic fishing village where everyone dresses like an old
0: timey Treasure Island sailor. And because uh, Nathaniel Chris Elliott's character has just finished going to like fancy lads academy fancy, to a thing where he graduates as a fancy lad. Yeah, where it teaches you to be a fancy lad, and he has like a, a little powdered wig and whatever. I'm like, yeah. it's so easy to over the years just go like, oh, I can only remember four things about this movie, and the fact that there were canned beers in a microwave are not any of them. Yep, that was pretty much the case. Where I was, As soon as I saw the car, I was like, what the fuck? Did I complete? oh, I guess I did. Oh, it seems I have completely forgotten this, But it- and that his dad is a hotel magnate on yeah. Hawaii.
1: Yeah, it's like, it feels like it's set in 19XX, because at any given time, he's either like in a brand new BMW, or he's talking to a person playing like an old organ grinder. Yeah. <laughs> piece of a, and they're just like, all oh, right, dude loves the sea. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Is Okay, I guess this guy forgot it was the 90s.
0: Yeah, it's amazing <laughs> to me the weird blend of odd anachronistic shit and the fact that it's like, all right, we start out and it's very like.
1: It could not- be the 1800s.
0: Well, the thing is, when we start, and once we get in the car and we go to the like the fishing thing, and he sees all the stuff in there with like a microwave and fish sticks and whatnot, hmm? like at that point you're like, okay, I guess I just forgot, and it's it's going to be a modern sort of thing. That's weird. But the second they go to Hell's Bucket, it turns into full Harryhausen, yeah, and you're just like. I don't understand what happened here. Someone <laughs> made two different movies.
1: It does have that kind of feel to it, yeah. Although even in the Hell's Bucket thing, you still get modern touches because that's where they introduce the love interest where and she's oh, like yeah. swimming from around the world or something she's like an Olymp- like a a, a super I'm swimmer. S-
0: swimming from Maryland to Maryland. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so she's uh, entirely modern. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just it's just weird, like, the things that you that you forget when you haven't watched this in forever. I did remember, like, the things I remember were, like, three lines from the movie. Of course. Um, the fact that there's, like, a half-man, half-shark that doesn't have lines, but is still, like, an important character. Uh, I also, the, I would say the thing that really stuck with me the most was that everything looked like it was filmed, not just in front of, like, like uh, backdrop sets, but, like, poorly hung backdrop sets where you can see the yes. wrinkles and the fabric behind them.
0: There are so many, like, all right, we got, like five feet of space before this backdrop painting is there yeah. so you can really see the brush strokes on that bad boy
1: yeah you can see it fucking flapping around in the breeze from the fans in the studio yeah it's it's crazy how little i mean i don't know maybe it's because we're watching it 30 years later in high definition off like film and they were counting on standard definition and on a
0: projector (laughs) because again that doesn't really show up Until you get to the point where he's, like, on the boat. Yeah. Once we start getting into this weird Harryhausen magical nonsense, then we start getting a lot of, like, cheap effects showing up. Yeah. And so it's like a transition to a cheap old 30s film.
1: Yeah, like an old pirate movie, like a Sinbad movie or something. But um, it, it starts pretty much the moment he's on the boat, which feels like it might be on purpose. Because literally, there's a point where Andy Richter's character, Kenny, lets him onto the boat. And the moment they're on the boat, they switch from the backdrop being the town or just, like, some hills in the horizon. It's just a hung backdrop of some clouds that is wrinkled and fluttering in the breeze.
0: Yes, indeed. And, and you're just like, oh, it's going to be that. Okay, I remember that. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, the beginning where we've got Chris Elliott's Nathaniel in his Fancy Lad Academy, right off the bat, I'm like, okay, so one, this is supposed to be a dude that you hate, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we also, this is the start of all of the many, many characters that will be in this that you're like... Why the fuck are you here? Alfred Molina, why do you have one minute of business as a teacher in this? I'll
1: tell you what happens here in this movie. When you watch it again now, you're like, okay, when I was a little kid, when I was 13, when I watched this the first time, obviously I hated it because it did, I didn't know what I was watching. Oh, I it,
0: loved it because I didn't know what I was watching. Yeah. I was a dumb
1: asshole. But, huh? but now I watch it again. I'm like, fuck, I've developed a deep appreciation for character actors. And no. this movie is all character actors propping up Chris
0: Elliott. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all this movie really is, is a ton of very good character actors uh-huh. and Chris Elliott just slamming his way through it like a fucking pinball yeah. just as they bounce off of him oh, and go, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll do this.
1: You get these scenes of Brian James, like literally shoving him over to Brian Doyle Murray and be like, this is your problem. Deal with him.
0: <laughs> you come up with a scene.
1: <laughs> because, yeah, the uh, the crew of the ship, once you finally get to meet them all good character actors god every, bless him. every single person on that ship but chris elliott the love interest you're like oh fuck i love everybody here
0: honestly melora walters the love interest great in other shit that she does
1: <laughs> i was not familiar with her i'm sure she is
0: oh yeah she's in a ton of stuff
1: that's that's good to know. so you know I, I was so starstruck to have james gammon who i absolutely have always loved uh-huh um and brian james who we've talked about on the show before Brian Doyle Murray, obviously. I forget the name of the guy who plays the captain. It's Rich something or other, or Richie.
0: Uh, yeah, like Rick something. He's the kind of guy who plays Santas. Oh yeah, he's always Santa. Uh, yeah. Rich Brinkley. Yeah,
1: he, he just feels like a dude who they were like, oh, you're between Santa filmings. Why don't you come do this?
0: Hey man, you're you're a very <laughs> round man with a beard.
1: He's got the big cheek pads that you want. Yeah, for the for the the Santa he's, play. He's
0: not just fat. He is round.
1: Yeah. So if you're into Santa play, I recommend looking this guy up. Huh? but yeah so he's yeah as john mentions alfred molina hot second is one of the teachers at the start of this he's just there to like be like no 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 please you're not you're not uh, it's time for this other guy to give his report and that's like he just gets insulted
0: yeah thing is alfred molina's like hey you little shithead why don't you come up here and give your report yeah and that's it that's him like that's alfred molina everybody fucking ricky lake is in this as the figurehead (laughs) of the boat
1: has no lines and is covered in Fake wood makeup for the entire film. Oh,
0: that's amazing.
1: <laughs> they just they just packed it with anyone who said yes. Effectively. Oh yeah. And character actors they say yes. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. and mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah they say yes and <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he starts out being an insulting fancy lad shit. You get the cu- you get the type. I mean this this character arc or the uh, the fancy lad thing you've seen so many times since then. Remember Mother Boy Academies from. Uh, Like, uh, Arrested Development, and it's the same thing.
0: Yeah, but it's, you know, the whole, oh, a sheltered guy has to, you know, be faced with the real world Mm -hmm. type thing. An incompetent rich fail son. But it's amazing to me, because they're like, ah, yes, this (laughs) sheltered asshole child must now face the real world. Mm -hmm. You know, like ice monsters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's, uh... It's a fun juxtaposition, but yeah, you get the type, you know, the, the, the basic character concept of, like, the asshole who's never actually lived, and is just like, ooh, I can insult you all I want, because my life will be forever perfect.
0: Yes, oh, don't do not do anything to me, or I'll have Daddy put you in the jails.
1: Yeah, there's a part in the beginning where he's like, Daddy, will have you all hanged, and I'm like, again, I forget what year this movie is supposed to be taking. Right? How, pow- how powerful is this hotel guy where he can, like, have a bunch of fishermen hanged? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... But yeah, he's mean to uh, everybody he meets, uh, including the per- like uh, his other students. No one likes him at the academy in the slightest. Nope,
0: all of his teachers hate him. He's a hundred percent oblivious to all of it. And you know, when he finally is like, "Oh, it's my graduation day," and the big misunderstanding here is he's supposed to get on the Queen Catherine, uh, like cruise ship that's going to take him to mm-hmm. Hawaii where his dad is. Yeah, he's going and- for fancy digs. Uh, he gets in a limo and they drive off and he's just an asshole to the driver and the driver just pulls over and yanks him out of the car and is like, fuck you. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because it, uh, the uh, driver does not work for the Academy and therefore does not beholden to this guy's...
0: Does not give a it, fuck. Does not give a
1: fuck he... who his dad is. So he pulls out. He's like, welcome to the real world, kid. Because he's got like a thick New York accent. And I, I was half convinced that was another character
0: actor. I was like, Let's just keep p- piling him in. Who knows? Yeah. I couldn't find any information on who that was. Because yeah. like... So many of the guest stars in this are just uncredited. Mm-hmm. Even fucking uh, Letterman is credited as Earl Hofert. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so he basically mistakes a sign or reads it wrong because there's a cow yeah. standing in the way and ends up in in a weird little piratey fishing village.
0: Some weird anachronistic
1: out-of-time fishing village yeah where a bunch of like fisher women in, in horizontal striped shirts are bustling around with five fish on the end of strings you know
0: and he runs into david letterman which i okay letterman in his you know two minutes of screen time here fucking amazing because everyone around him is this like old-timey fisherman. When we meet the crew, all of them are like, ah, salty fisherman. Mm-hmm. And David Letterman is David Letterman. <laughs> he's just like, hey there, kid. Yeah, he's... he's clearly hey, just... you look like you're uh, trying to find your way around here.
1: <laughs> I also like... The thing I like most about David Letterman's sequence in this is that he introduces to us the concept that fancy lad is like a known quantity
0: well, in this world. I mean, Fancy Lad is within driving distance of here, apparently. Yeah, so, like
1: everyone knows what a Fancy Lad is in this movie. Whenever they meet him, they're like, you're one of them Fancy Lads, ain't ya?
0: Again, the Fancy Lad Academy is down the road.
1: <laughs> I just prefer my worldview where it's like, you can just tell the type. Like, you see this guy and he's like, oh, Fancy Lad. Oh, Fancy I, Lad. I get it, yeah, yeah. Anyone who's still wearing a periwig in this day and age is a Fancy Lad. <laughs>
0: uh, But... Famous line from Letterman of Would you like to buy a monkey? Hey, would you like to buy a monkey? The
1: reason that line's famous is because all of the other lines are him just calling the uh Chris Elliott a girl. Yes. Every other one of his lines. Hey, is like, Susan, come hey, over here. Hey, uh, hey, Mary. you look like a little girl. Hey, you're uh You remind me of my
0: niece. I Let me like give you some
1: s- advice. Let me put you in a pretty sundress because you're a female. That's <laughs> like every other one of his lines, which is why that kinda sinks his two minutes a little bit that it's just all yeah. gender stuff. But would you like to buy a monkey and by God, I hate fancy lads. Are...
0: <laughs> yeah, when, you know, because he's just like, oh, I know, you're trying to find a boat. Well, why don't you head right down that dock? I'm sure you'll find what you're looking for. Yeah, he basically is
1: an instigator because he has immediately sussed out that this Chris Elliott character is terrible. Again, because he's just casually insulting in, in, yes. in every line of dialogue. Where he's like, well, you know, I'm not going to touch you or shake your hand because of your whole hygiene situation, uh, but I am going to leave. And so... But yeah, they, they, you get the the as he's walking away, you get the Letterman. By God, I hate fancy lads. You're like, oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and, then, uh, and then, and he's then
0: he's Fucking immediately bump into Andy Richter as the initial cabin boy of mm-hmm. this ship,
1: Kenny. Uh, Kenny, the cabin boy, who is uh his his only routine is that he's dumb as a post. Yes, he's just comically dumb. Um, so yeah, that that's pretty great.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's just great because Chris Elliott. Just shows up and he's like, oh, I'm supposed to be on this boat. I know the captain. And he's like, well, I guess if you know the captain. I'm
1: not supposed to let anyone on the boat. But if you know the captain.
0: Okay. You can stay in the captain's bed. That's probably the best bunk. Mm-hmm. And then they just puts him in, gives him a cup of chum to drink
1: because he thinks that's what bullion is.
0: Yeah bullion
1: <laughs> and and that's when the magic begins like the first part of the movie you're like ah chris elliott all right uh, this is, is kind of i don't eh. yeah but then the, the, crew the crew shows up and it's fucking everyone you would want you've got that that captain dude you've got breon james from from three or four things we've watched fifth element and, and oh uh, yeah you yeah. got
0: your james gammon james
1: the gammon. world's
0: best drunk who pours out his
1: drink and mm-hmm. isn't going to have that anymore it's either him or buck flower those are <laughs> yeah. your, those are your two options for this role I think and, they're sadly both dead now. Well, you know,
0: <laughs> they were doing old old man who pours out drink when we were young. So, well, yeah, I mean, James Gammon in
1: particular is so venerable. He's like, if you name an old cowboy show, he was on He was on Outlaw. He was on Gunsmoke. Yeah. He was on Bonanza. But also he was on Grey's Anatomy.
0: And, you know, we also get <laughs> Brian Doyle Murray is mentioned. <laughs> it is just a who's who of who's great.
1: Yeah. Fucking James Gammon is one of my favorites because he's. Uh, he's
0: just got that voice. He just sounds like em- like drunk emphysema. He, I mean, the thing is, he also has the perfect face to go along yes, with it. He does. You're like, God, you're so good in it's this. Like a
1: hangdog cowboy. You half half expect him to be stirring beans every time
0: you see him. I mean, the fact that probably the most normal guy looking of them is Brian Doyle Murray. You're like, good <laughs> God, love this group.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're they're. It's phenomenal. And the moment they walk on board, you realize you recognize all of them. You're like, oh, oh, okay. I found my anchor. I will be fine <laughs> listening to these three guys do their amazing voices. I'm Brian <laughs> Doyle Murray. You know, you're like, oh, nice. Nice, this <laughs> guy. I love this guy. <laughs> Arr, slagging her friggin' her. You're like, oh, James Galen, I love this dude. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and he is so growly
0: in this in particular. Uh, oh, good Lord. Now, they don't discover Chris Elliott right away, of course, because they have to set sail, and their whole thing is they're like, all right, we want to get like a full day's travel out into open water before we start fishing, because we are a fishing boat. Yeah, they're sailing out into night with the plan to
1: start fishing in the early morning. And they have a weird plan too. They're planning to be out for three months fishing, which I'm like, that's too long. Your fish is gonna go bad. <laughs> yeah well we'll eat the fish we got in the first part of it why did you go out there just to eat fish and live on a boat it doesn't work plan shorter trips i mean i don't know how to, i don't want to tell a bunch of seasoned fishermen how to do their jobs i'm just saying i'm just saying that's too long
0: too much <laughs> but yeah they go out there and it's not until super late at night where everyone's already drunk that the captain manages to stumble into his own cabin and fall asleep cuddling chris elliot so that you can have that wonderful moment in the morning where they both wake up and scream
1: well the best part of the, the looking at each other and screaming is that uh the captain has been the big spoon the whole time with a full cigar in his mouth and so elliot wakes up with like a whole face full of black cigar ash yeah That's he's just, a, just got his entire cheek covered in ash which is phenomenal and yeah they do the pretty standard comedy stand up and scream routine uh, and then obviously he's a landlubber. They're pl- they're they're like deciding whether they should kill him or just force him to work.
0: Oh, this but- dumb fancy lad got on the wrong boat. And at that point, I'm like, my guys, you were planning a three month trip and you've been gone for maybe 24 hours. Turn the boat around. So,
1: yeah, just go back. It's not worth it. It's three months. So you're not going to miss the two days. Yeah, because because all those fish were going to go bad. In yeah. fact, you should fish now and take those fish back and sell them fresh and just keep doing that. In fact, it, it, instead of doing three month fishing trips, I'm just I'm just suggesting, especially because I, I know people are going to point out that people just freeze the fish on the boat. Not on this one. This
0: boat's a piece of shit. <laughs> hey, we never see the hold where they would put the fish. You see the
1: entire boat below decks on this ship and it's just garbage. You see the cabins. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> you got a point there. That's fair. You never know. That's true. They might have the facilities on this this ratty old tugboat to freeze enough fish to keep it for three months. <laughs>
0: Oh, but yeah, they decide instead of, you know, taking a day out of their three month voyage to get rid of this fancy lad, they're like, well, you can just stay here and keep out of our way. And within the day, he's just wandering around to everyone being like, Oh, would you, if you would take me to Hawaii, my my papa would be ever so grateful. Yeah, why like he might offer him. you a bath, you stinky varmint. I love that he doesn't
1: offer any of the money at any point. At no point, is like, my father would pay you to take me to Hawaii, which you'd like think. You'd
0: get money, but and it'd instead, be fine.
1: Instead, he's offering them, like, his, sh- his socks. socks. <laughs> these are
0: imported silk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, these socks I've been wearing for three weeks and they're wool. If you don't leave, I'll make you eat them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then I love it when he tries to talk to James Gammon because Gammon just craps him and is like, Let me teach you some fisherman's Greek.
0: <laughs> <laughs> means I felt a girl's ass. <laughs> Tinkabinga
1: Dinga. You know what that one means. You know what that means. Fucking <laughs> 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 I, I would watch that guy read a phone book. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but yes, it is mostly just him being annoying and them for some reason continuing to put up with it mm-hmm. until at one point when everyone manages to go to sleep and he is left alone up on the top deck with Kenny the cabin boy i
1: i, I don't know how to sell it well enough how Good the physicality of Andy Richter is in the in his short time in this movie because he's standing on the jack the deck which is lightly tossing and turning in the wind and he is just rooted and tossing and turning with it and it's just
0: amazing he is everyone's but Chris Elliott's work on this you're like (laughs) God bless you man you were giving way too much to this film
1: (laughs) Andy Richter's got like five minutes of this movie and every one of them
0: is a gem. Here you can stay in the captain's cabin. This is how a harem girl dances. Uh,
1: does the uh, yeah. His physicality
0: is uh, insane.
1: (laughs) God, I liked both of them so much that I forgot how weird it is to have Letterman and Andy Richter in the same movie, as opposed to either of their random, their 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 real sidekicks. Yep. (laughs) And that's right. Conan is Andy's sidekick. (laughs) That's right. You heard it here. That's right. Oh, uh, Conan's going to be fine with it. That dude's rich. He invented podcasting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to pay him royalties every time. I know. It's really
1: annoying if we have to send him slightly more than the Patreon generates in revenue. But it's worth it for the love of what we do.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> at this point, he manages to uh, trick Kenneth into, hey, you know, what would be great. A vacation for the guys, yeah. let's all go to Hawaii. Why don't you point us towards Hawaii?
1: yeah, and manages to talk Kenny into it, and Kenny's like, I'm real dumb, but I'm good at maps, but he's not. He's also bad well he's he good at maps. To point the ship at Hawaii, but he's like,
0: we have to go two hundred and fifty thousand degrees northeast, and also he's he knows how to get there, but he doesn't seem to mind that it is going to take them directly through Hell's bucket,
1: oh no, hell's bucket the part of the ocean that's all crazy.
0: See, the one great thing about that is, unlike the fancy lad thing, everyone knows about Hell's Bucket. Yes. Everyone's like, yeah, Hell's Bucket, it's where the
1: weird Hell's shit happens. Crazy shit, and Brian Doyle Murray knows more than most, but it's clear that they've all already been there.
0: And the thing is, when we pick up uh, Katrina, mm-hmm. the love interest who is swimming across the world, she's like, ah, oh, it, I knew I should have swam through Hell's Bucket. <laughs> I know, and she's just like, why
1: did you idiots pick me up? Stupid Hell's Bucket. It's like, no, well, it's the least likely place to run into a ship. It's weird that it happened, but Hell's Bucket is mysterious.
0: Hell's Bucket works in mysterious ways.
1: <laughs> uh so yeah, um uh, basically they they get steered to Hawaii, but that takes them through a storm at the end at the edge of Hell's Bucket, and the storm is powerful enough that the jib of the mainsail swings wide and knocks Kenny off the ship, killing him. Yes. So Andy Richter just drowns and dies, and happily hey, so.
0: Andy Richter just barely out of water goes, "Hey, tell everybody I'm sorry, I'm dying, <laughs> and we're out of margarine." <laughs> yeah, it's
1: great. It's a great, great bit. You just love Andy. It's good to see him.
0: Every everyone's ability to sort of be calm in the weird nonsense that's happening is very good to me. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so now you know they're they're in a horrible storm. The, finally, the captain wakes up. He res, they 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 uh, work together to get out of the storm, but Kenny is dead and they're really mad about that. So obviously now you have to be our cabin boy, or maybe we'll just murder you.
0: And the weird thing here is they make a plan where they're like, okay, what we have to do is we have a like crack in the boat. We're taking on some water, you know, our shit's all fucked up. We've got to be able to like dock and repair.
1: Yes. And there's only one Island.
0: Yeah. There's one Island in all of hell's bucket. And they're like, oh, well, I guess we'll have to go there because I don't want to just sit on this boat and wait to drown. But then it takes them like two weeks to <laughs> get to that island.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they're just bilging the hull or something. It's just Well, I mean, of course it takes them a really long time to get there. They have to fix the sail because the sail and the engine are broken.
0: Yeah, but it's weird because I'm like, but that was what you needed to fix was just <laughs> the engine and the sail. I guess no, they had if to you had the parts... Hall. Yeah, but if you're like, oh, we had parts to fix everything, but we can't plug up this hole in the hull.
1: That's pretty much the what it was, yeah. And they needed to reinforce the, uh, the mast, because they managed to get the mast up once, and then Chris Elliott goes over to it and pulls a nail out for, I guess that's a chore he's been assigned, and it just falls down again. And they're like, you son of a bitch! Because basically, this is the sequence of him comedy fucking up basic boat chores, to the point where they force him to swab the deck with his tongue.
0: Yeah, and we get the first little journey into weird bullshit when they're like all right you know what we've we've had a couple days of you as the new cabin boy and we hate you mm-hmm. so we're going to put you on long distance scouting where we put you on a tiny raft and, and just drag you 2 drag, miles
1: behind us drag you behind
0: us let with us a know. rope
1: i love that line too that's the captain's line where he's like uh, yeah let us know if you see any other boats or cars or crap <laughs> water you know whatever you see
0: yeah you wait a week and then you just pull on this and we'll we'll drag you back
1: yeah i have another question well he already gave you a carton of milk
0: (laughs) is is it true that you shouldn't drink seawater well that's a new one to me (laughs) great water isn't it (laughs) yeah
1: everybody is great but him um
0: so they send him out on a little raft where he Gets absolutely heat stroked and fucked up. And after a week, he begins to hallucinate, including a giant, talking clown cupcake voiced by Jim Cummings. Yeah,
1: you know, if if, uh, if you have a, a puppet or a cartoon in a movie and it's only going to have like two or three lines, you call Jim Cummings. Yeah, That's,
0: Jim Cummings shows yeah, up and is like, hey, you didn't even need to call. I'm yeah, already here. I
1: guarantee you what happened was they had like the photo. They, they were like, all right, we'll just have Chris Elliott do it. It's his movie. And he like opened the door to the recording booth and Jim Cummings was already in there. He's like, I've oh, recorded the lines. I get my piece.
0: <laughs> Don't try and take <laughs> this from me. <laughs> Jim Cummings needs to get his beak wet.
1: (laughs) It's either me or that, or uh, what's his name? The guy who does all the animal voices and everything. And uh, it's going to be me. (laughs) That'll come to me in a second. God damn it.
0: Uh, And then (laughs) when he gets all messed up and falls off the boat and goes underwater, he gets saved by a half man, half shark named Chalky. Yep, Chalky. And Chalky is <laughs> played it's by Rust Hamblin. Yeah,
1: yeah, I thought it was.
0: Who played Riff in West Side Story, so that means he's both a shark and a jet. Mm-hmm. Hey, now.
1: ah, <laughs> That's probably the gag.
0: That's the gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at him. He was a jet, now he's a shark.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's the point where he falls overboard from drinking seawater and f- sinks to the bottom and is just rescued by a friendly shark man.
0: Yeah, which... God, even even Russ Hamblin with zero lines and just, like, saluting and his body movement. Just happy, smiling. yes. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Love him. Yeah. Everyone in here is a delight to watch, except for Chris Elliott.
1: And even he's not the worst. I think people just weren't ready for what this movie is. No. Because when you watch it, you're like, this is like an an 80-minute SNL sketch. Um, <laughs> in ter- Not just in... Ter- and I, I know that that sounds terrible because a lot of SNL movies suck because they're just the sketch. You know, you try and watch Night at the Roxbury, you're like... Yeah, they're doing the head bob. All right, great. What else we they did got? We did it. Yep, they sure did it. Oh boy, I can't wait to watch its pad after this. Uh, but w- what I mean mostly is that the sets are so cheap and the gags are so broad that it feels like you're watching sketch comedy.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: every set is just like I don't know. We hung a red cloud background behind him, and then he was like, "I'm dying of thirst." Yes, and, <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, the Violet Fems. <laughs>
0: They're different than the violent ones. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he gets pulled back, and that's when we eventually find uh, our love interest,
1: mm-hmm. uh, Trina. Trina. Yeah, Trina, who is he just sees her off the off the deck, and he has this whole—he just sees her floating, and he, he's like, "Oh,
0: oh, hello! Oh. oh, I'm instantly in love with her. It's a shame that I've fallen for a dead body floating in the water." <laughs>
1: Uh, I think it's Frank Welker was the name I was trying to remember. The guy who does, like, if if you watch every movie ever, he's always in the credits, and it's always just animal noises. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the guy I was trying to remember the name of. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, so he throws a net over her. She's actually alive. She's pissed at him because
0: she was trying to set a record for swimming nonstop around the world, Mm -hmm. and the whole thing is she can't come into contact with anything solid. She has to be swimming the whole way
1: yes and he's like well i'm not solid i really have the consistency of moist bread well but the ship is solid so she's mad and now she's stuck on the ship and in one of my favorite things we get the, the the character actor pat comes up to investigate and they're all like, oh, she's pretty, but okay, bye. Then None of them hit on her or nothing. God
0: bless. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember almost anything that happens in this movie, but I feel like this is about to get bad. But instead they're just like, oh, goddammit, another mouth to feed. <laughs> well, looks like you found a pretty one, cabin boy. I'm off to go do business.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's no point where they like hit on her. It was, it was, was. I mean, there's, there's a point where she threatens to put her foot up uh, Brian Dole Murray's ass, and he kind of goes... I wouldn't hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Jokes on you. That's my fetish.
0: (laughs) Why don't you kiss my ass? I'll pass on that one. Exactly. Everyone's
1: everyone's just like, I don't want to deal with you, lady. And it does. It's not surprising because she's kind of mean in the beginning. Obviously, she's just had her record uh, streak break uh, broken. And also, we get her backstory, and like, I love this because she's (laughs) like, she's like, look. I have to explain things to you. Ever since I was, uh, ever since I ran away from the orphanage and started working at steel mills when I was nine, I've had two dreams: to keep making girders and to swim around the world from Maryland to
0: Maryland. <laughs> I'm a loner, a drifter. It would never work between us.
1: <laughs> and just, I just, again, it feels very SNL sketchy that she just basically gets a scene to do her entire backstory in a <laughs> sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this wild shit that doesn't, like, every <laughs> single thing bears further questions.
0: And none of it matters. Yes. You're like, I'm a steel working girl. You're like, what? What? Why are you a, why? When
1: did you become a champion swimmer? How did that part happen? Eh. Eh, it's my backstory. You don't
0: need Oh, to- <laughs> uh, this is when they, they managed to come across a. <laughs> well, first they get in trouble
1: with, with Chalky. Cause Chucky isn't just a Chris Elliott thing. There's a point where they're like throwing shit at Chris Elliott while he dances on the cat. Uh, oh yeah. The cause they're
0: like, ah, this is our entertainment is we have Nathaniel dance for us while we throw things at him and poke him and shit. And Trina's like, look, just cause he's a dumb asshole doesn't mean you need to treat him like an animal. And then he's like, Oh, by the way, I did uh, use your swimming diary for kindling earlier. She's like, I have been writing that since I was fifteen. Back up there, monkey boy, you dance. Yeah, so
1: now, but this pisses off Chalky the shark, who doesn't like anyone, but seems to have taken a shine to the cabin boy. Uh, so they—they have—he's attacking the ship because they think he's they're being too mean to yeah. his, his We're uh, messing with boy. his little buddy. So they make a fake Chris Elliott and catapult it off the ship, and he chases after that. There you go, Chalky,
0: <laughs> go play with your friend. It's also where we get his backstory, which is like he's. He got, he Vikings <laughs> managed to sink in a hell's bucket and one of them survived and fell in love with a shark.
1: Yeah, she was a friendly shark who took pity on him. And then things went the way nature normally does. You know, he had sex with that shark and then he and then she had a half-human, half-shark baby.
0: Now, of course, that was 500 years ago, so Chalky is very old. It's also great because it leads to Brian James's character,
1: Old Ted, who, of the three of them, is... His routine is basically that he's the, mo- the strongest and du- and kind of just the most boring and dumb one. But there's a point where he's like, yeah, you know, half shark, half human. That has to have messed up a lot of his chromosomal arrangements. <laughs> I bet he's got a real mutation problem. And he's like, oh, he's got a... W- they're giving him a smart moment. That's cute.
0: Yeah, he's <laughs> not he's not the dumb one. He's just sort of surly. <laughs> but then so is everyone. Yeah,
1: he's the one who's like least content to put up with, his, with uh, the cabin boy
0: bullshit. Yeah, he's just, instead of, you know... Playing stupid games with him, he's just like, Nope. <laughs> not having any of that. Like, out of my
1: way, you <laughs> but yeah, now they sail through this fucking field of icebergs.
0: And a ice Harry iceberg monster. <laughs>
1: I won't give that thing fucking Harry credit. That's like a Henson creation, but like on a cheap scale.
0: I mean, it's supposed to look Harry hausen
1: yeah, It's supposed to, but it looks like something Jim Henson shot out in an afternoon for a <laughs> coffee commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, you can see the joints on the thing crinkling from the fabric when it takes steps. Eh. <laughs> but yeah, they fight a living iceberg monster.
0: Yeah, and defeat
1: it with hot coffee. Mm-hmm. It's uh, <laughs> it's James Gammon's character's time to shine.
0: Yeah, he saves the day. Yeah, he runs out there with coffee. There you
1: go, you son of a bitch.
0: How about a cup of joe? <laughs>
1: I also like that at the end, once the the uh the icicle monster just falls over and turns into fucking just ice cubes, like literally just ice cubes from the yeah. freezer on the studio set. And uh this causes Elliot to put some in a coffee in, in a cup and be like, ooh, an iced cappuccino, thank you, Garcon, to James Gammon's character who still wants none of this, and so he just goes, rah, bark, bark! <laughs> and
0: then chases him around the deck with the coffee maker, and it's just like <laughs>
1: <"Rawr>, bark. <laughs>
0: He's <laughs> just like, I
1: would I would watch an hour supercut of James Gammon running around in circles on this deck with a coffee sprayer <laughs> before I'd actually watch the movie. If those are my two options. Those are your options. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they make it through the iceberg field with a couple of good gags in there. Like when they send uh, 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 Nathaniel up to the front of the ship to watch and let them know if they're if they, if about to hit an iceberg. And the first one, he just lets them hit it. And they're like, oh, you hit one. Yeah. So just gags like that. You know, t- Just some gags, but then they're at the fucking island. They make it to the island.
0: Yeah. Now the whole plan, this whole time for the crew has been like, all right, we're gonna get to the island, and then we are going to, you know, send Nathaniel and Trina off to go like find berries or something, and then we're gonna fuck off and leave them here Mm -hmm. because we do not want to deal with their shit.
1: Yeah. And obviously, this isn't going to be a huge issue for Trina because yeah, because she's she's a champion swimmer. She's just gonna go wherever she wants to. By swimming, as is her ability, but uh, it will definitely murder Nathaniel, and they're all okay with that. They're fine with that. Yeah, uh, but they they get to the island, no one wants to deal with the island, but they've clearly been there before, and as soon as they land, uh, the captain's like, hey, look, um, we need the following things. I need yeah, tree need roots, some, tree bark,
0: some uh, tree, gravel, glue.
1: yeah, tree glue, <laughs> and gravel. <laughs> and meanwhile, uh, basically, Nathaniel keeps pathetically trying to hit on trina and and messing up to the point where now whenever he just sits down near her she just gets up and wanders off
0: oh yeah and he's like i don't understand she doesn't like me even though i'm smothering her with affection yeah she she's even resisting my smothering obsessiveness uh but basically
1: this sets up a pretty straightforward again an snl sketch and the premise of this sketch is women are more attracted to you if you have recently been laid that's the premise
0: you don't know what you're doing you don't know how to please a woman Mm -hmm. but there's a lady they say here on the island who can take a young fishing sailor lad and teach him the ways yes i don't understand that she'll clean your pipe six ways to sunday i also do not understand that Ah, just go see her
1: yeah exactly uh but yeah it's just a routine about how right now he's he's irritating because he's a virgin but as soon as as soon as Trina can smell that he's had sex before on him, she's like, "I love everything about you, even the shit I hate." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we get Nathaniel climbs up a mountain to go see Callie, the blue six-armed sex lady, mm-hmm. and
1: <laughs> she asks him a couple of impossible questions and he's like, "I don't know any of that shit." And she's like, "Whatever, let's just have sex, it's fine." <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. get over it's here. Fine.
0: <laughs> 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 it's fine. Stop trying to answer. Hand Magnuson.
1: It's fine. She's great. She's. she only has a couple of scenes, and, and they're they're fun. But yeah, she she sleeps with them. We get the only line in the movie that you remember, listener. Yeah, uh, these pipes are clean, and I guess you probably also you remember you want to buy a monkey. Yep. Um, Two of
0: the the few things you may remember from this. Yep. Where he yells, "These pipes are
1: clean," and then you forget that he immediately goes off, finds Trina in, in the fo- in the forest, is like, "Hello, I've learned how to have sex," and she's like, "Then let's have sex."
0: Oh, yes. You're so <laughs> confident now. <laughs>
1: You're so confident that I still like how much of a dumb little idiot you are.
0: <sighs>
1: Meanwhile, up in the up in the cave where Callie
0: lives. We... Callie's husband Mulligan shows up. Fucking Mike Star! Mike Star as a just regular businessman who is huge. Yeah, he's a giant. And he is a giant, but he's just like, I work at Jim's Luggage on the island.
1: Yeah, he, he runs a small housewares business. I, even though his name is Mulligan, I have to assume that... He must be running a Jim's Luggage franchise. Who uh, knows? <laughs> because cause he has a bit of business where he's like, ah, it was a terrible day at work. How are you?
0: I only uh, managed to sell one vibrating toothbrush to a flying leprechaun. Ah,
1: this is a waste of... Why did I build this stupid thing on a magic island? I should
0: go back to eating boars and sleeping on the beach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so don't talk like that. And then uh, he susses out that she had sex with yet another lonely sailor. Yeah. Which is uh, her thing. I
0: thought... When we got married, you were going to stop showing young sailors the ways of the world. <laughs> oh, it's not fair. You get to have a job. I lo- No
1: wife of mine
0: is ever going to work. I told you.
1: <laughs> it's a regular Fucking domestic just Mike Star shit. It's just Mike Star. You're just, it's just, it's such a joy the moment he walks in. You're like, oh, that guy. Nice. <laughs> nice. Hey, nice. I wonder if he wants to hear the most annoying sound in the world. Oh, God bless. I wonder if he knows what it takes for a man to change. <laughs>
0: oh <laughs> uh, and they fucking like mulligan heads out and he's like well i'm gonna go murder some fishermen <laughs> and she's like good get bread <laughs> which i you know it's good because the whole like grind their bones to make your bread and mm-hmm. eh, it's a giant yeah, 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 bread yeah, eh.
1: it's a, it's, a, it's one of those it, jokes it'll it's slip good past business you. yeah it's just good business it's also amusing to me that she just slept with a sailor but she doesn't give a fuck what happens to him now she's just like no. i just do this shit because i'm bored
0: yeah some sailor shows up I'm like, all right, you dumb idiot. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: so she doesn't give a shit, but that's the end of her. We're done with her now. Yep. And now it's it, it, basically after uh, Nathaniel and Trina have have sex on the island. They find out that uh, they have been abandoned on the island. And uh, Trina's like, well, I guess I can swim here, but you're fucked. But then they see fucking Mike Starr, 50 feet tall, go stomping past them. And she's like, good, kill those fuckers. Get them.
0: <laughs> Get them. Kill. <laughs> He's like, no. No. We must save them. Don't you believe in humanity? They're our crew.
1: Yes. And and, uh, at first she's like, you're a fucking idiot. I'm not going to help you with that. And he's like, I insist because I've recently had sex. And she's like,
0: I melt to your demands immediately, oh, sir. (laughs) Normally no one talks to me like that without eating my knuckles. But I love it when you say it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Again, it's straight up an SNL sketch. He has the superpower of having recently had sex.
0: (laughs) Uh, So he (laughs) rides her... While she swims, he stands on her back and they drive out there.
1: Very it's very fun to watch. It's a it's a good sight gag. They do it more than once. Yep. Um, but yeah, he jumps off to go fight Mike Starr in the water. And you know, Chalky helps. And the, the crew get on a, a rowboat and come out there to try and stab Mike Starr, and he's like, Which one of you diddled my wife? And we didn't
0: diddle nobody, especially not your wife. <laughs>
1: and then, and yeah, they just get in a big fight with Mike Starr out in the ocean. And it's a very Harryhausen Sinbad moment. Yeah,
0: he's just fighting a giant Mike Starr. Mm-hmm. And eventually, while Chalky distracts him, he uh, Chris Elliott manages to take his belt off, Mike mm-hmm. Starr's belt, and then choke him with his own giant belt.
1: Yes, causing him to fall in the water. Now he's rescued them. Uh, he's re- uh, so now Chris Elliott has saved the day.
0: Yay. And now they're like, all right, well, you saved our lives and we'll take you to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And indeed they do. Yeah. And then just all the weird bullshit immediately stops because now they're on Hawaii at a hotel. Although I
1: also I got to say, I do like the sight gag of them sailing out of Hell's Bucket. And then you see the dotted line of their sailing uh, uh, voyage happens to perfectly make a mustache on the skull that is the Hell's Bucket on the map. Yes. It's just little visual bits like that that are like... There's I a there's... lot of
0: little fun bits. It's
1: just fun. It's fine. The only thing you don't really like in this movie is Chris Elliott, which you're not supposed to.
0: No, he's supposed to be a shitty little asshole that you hate, and it's fine. <laughs> but they show up in Hawaii. Now all of them, instead of being in, like, these old-timey fisherman gear are just in Hawaiian shirts. huh. It's, it's just one of those things where you're like god damn i i could have forgotten for a while there that again this was supposed to be taking place in the modern day yeah
1: it was supposed to be happening in the 90s and it's easy to forget that that's the case because of how much time it spends against those like tiny drape back sets and Harryhausen monsters
0: but again once they end up getting to hawaii it's no longer the drape back sets they're like oh no now we're actually like showing you the ocean and whatnot yeah and i'm like i love that i love the fact that it's like no when you're out on an adventure, you get shitty Sinbad adventure sets, yeah. and when you're in the real world, normal, then you get normal shit.
1: Yeah, they just show the ocean in the background. They don't fake it anymore. They just use an actual Hawaiian hotel shooting location, Yeah. which tells you that what
0: most people think about this movie, which is that it's the cheapest looking movie in the world, it's on purpose. Yeah, they're so, they are trying to emulate yeah. that type of movie when they get to the Hell's Bucket section.
1: Yeah. So anyway, he has a whole heartfelt goodbye with the with the four sailors from the fi- from the the ship, which we the are now finally whore. learning is called the Filthy Whore.
0: He's got a. It's a very Wizard
1: of Oz moment where
0: he's like, "I'll miss you most of all, Captain. You're like the scarecrow from that s- children's story, The Wizard of Oz." No, I think it's The Great Gatsby.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he's still a terrible little idiot. Yeah, <laughs> there's no fixing that.
0: No, he. That's the thing is, by the end of this movie, he all he has gotten is. More confident and an enjoyment of sailing, Mm -hmm. he has not become a better
1: person. No, he still sucks ass. He goes to Trina, uh, and and she's like, look, this will never work out. I can't be among rich, fine things. I need to go back to being a steel mill girl who also swims around the world competitively. That's my thing. I'm going to swim home uh, from here after lunch.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go have a lunch, and then I'm going to swim from Hawaii to Maryland. He's like, can I charter you a private jet home? No, I'm going to swim. And... Then he meets his father, and of course, his father is basically just him as he was at the beginning of the movie, where mm-hmm. he's like, Ah, oh, you've become the first Mayweather who is slightly gamey. I hope you are proud of yourself.
1: I am, father.
0: Uh, I've been at the sea.
1: (laughs) You wouldn't understand. I want to continue sailing. Uh, And throws his periwig at his father. This is for you. You know, know, we know exactly how this is going to end. He's going to go rejoin the crew of the filthy whore, which is hilarious because the filthy whore is not like a fun adventure ship it is a long haul fishing (laughs) vessel Yeah, and they are going
0: back to that exactly they aren't like and now to go fuck around in hell's bucket some more they're like we're gonna go back to our fishing town and fish (laughs) and you've decided to do that I don't know if you thought everything from now on was going to be more fun Sinbad adventures it is
1: not but we do get to see one more time that the confidence thing works exceptionally well on Trina because he's like hey before you swim home from Hawaii I want you to swim me out to those guys on that fishing vessel and we're gonna live with them and have dumb adventures. I've
0: decided that I don't want to be a fancy lad. I want to be a
1: sailor. And she's like, well, I didn't want that, but now that I've heard you say it, it's the only thing I've ever wanted. Now (laughs) hop on my tiny back and I'll swim you to that boat. Credits.
0: Credits. (laughs) Good Lord, this movie. (laughs) It's just not
1: as bad as the, um, the reputation that it has developed.
0: No, I... All of the weird little guest stars, the... The the small moments in it that just have dumb business constantly going on, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's not great, but God, it's so much better than you would be led to believe.
1: Well, I, I can tell you what the reason, there might be a reason that we're so nostalgic for stuff like this is that people don't make these anymore. That, like, if you want to watch a movie nowadays that's full of character actors and it's basically a cheap, shitty little comedy that still has some laughs in it, it'll be the same fucking nine character actors it always is because it'll be an Adam Sandler movie. Uh. You can rest assured you're going to have to stare at your uh, Rob Schneider doing a racist thing. <laughs> <laughs> and what's-his-face from Reno 911 and shit, who fucking sucks. i who? He's the, remember that
0: guy who's on roller skates and the Reno 911 things? And now, uh, it, I do not. Ah, I mean, the shit. only other one I can think of is you're either watching an Adam Sandler thing or you're watching all of Judd Apatow's friends. <laughs> like, those are your two businesses. That's true.
1: There is still that. Although those comedies tend to be, like, about something and have a big well, message. Yes.
0: You don't really get the cheap, goofity bullshit that you would get, say, here. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Let's go ahead... Let's get into our bests and worsts for this film. Mm, sure, let's uh, do that. Jeff, what is the best thing in this? Just pick one.
1: I mean, I'm going to go with James Gammon's performance. God bless him. I, I fucking love watching that. that Rest part in wh- peace, oh, James dude. Gammon. It, it's especially, because it, it, he pretty much died the way I'm gonna. He died of adrenal gland cancer.
0: <laughs> Oof. <laughs>
1: And talking to someone who has minor adrenal gland cancer, uh, that's a scary situation to think about. That said, he did make it to 70.
0: That said, yeah, I mean, once you get old enough, maybe you can go ahead and just be on things and go... Ah, rah, 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 rah. at my goddamn adrenal glands
1: (laughs) so i just the part where he's uh where he just grabs uh elliot by the throat and is like let me teach you fisherman greek (laughs) and you're like oh my god i love this old man (laughs) so he's he's my favorite thing to watch in the whole movie every time he's on screen i'm just thrilled
0: Uh uh-huh
1: uh what about you what's your favorite
0: thing there is a a moment in the storm where they are going into hell's bucket Mm -hmm. where we get the like from old timey maps two faces in the clouds that are blowing wind with like their big puffed out cheeks. (laughs) And it's the very first time that we get anything like weird or magical
1: right after that shot of Ricky Lake moving her eyes for the first time. Yeah. We're like,
0: Oh, we get into the storm and then we start getting goofy shit. And at that point I was like, Nice. Yeah. Now pretty, we're getting into the weirdness. Pretty much the moment
1: that Ricky Lake moves as the ship's uh, like figurehead, you're like, oh, okay. We're, it's kind of like a switch flipped, and now shit's crazy.
0: Yeah. We now we are in the fucked up area, and so <laughs> that one bit where you're like, oh, now we get into the fun times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's, it, it's fantastic. I, I love the whole hell's bucket sequence because it's where everything good happens anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, worst part of this film. <sighs>
1: um, Chris Elliott.
0: Hey, <laughs> what about give you? me one scene.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, even he's not really that bad. Um, Oh God. You know, there's another scene I wanted to mention as, as a real highlight that neither of us happened to mention. Oh, the, uh, the part where he's delirious on the raft and he sees Andy Richter again. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's in a full suit now and he's not dumb anymore. And he's just like, Hey, we're all really rooting for you out here. It's good to see you again, pal. How you doing?
0: Yeah. Bonsoir. No no advice. (laughs) No anything. It's just like, hey, buddy, how you doing?
1: Just happy to see him again. (laughs) So I just wanted to mention that as a fantastic standout moment. Uh, I don't know. The worst thing in this, maybe I I would go with uh, the, the I've recently had sex. That means you want to have sex with me. Joke. I just didn't think that. It, it, Trina doesn't get a lot to do in this movie. And the fact that of the two things she gets to do, one of them is just melt because this guy is like, I've recently boned. And he's like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I wish she had more agency. Yeah. Other than that, it's pretty, It's very stable of a film, uh-huh. which is a weird thing to say because it has a wild twist in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. But it's still very pretty much middle of the road the whole way through. What about mm-hmm. you? What's your least favorite thing?
0: I mean, I'm with you on that one. My big thing is I was like, I would have liked... For Chris Elliott to have had more development Mm -hmm. in here, where like, instead of just, I am now the confident version of my shitty self, he's like, no, he actually does learn to be a decent person, and that would be fine, but the fact that he's still kind of a jackass at the end and still like still a big dummy yeah and and he's still just casually insulting to people yes he is <laughs> so that was the big thing where i was like oh it would have been nice if he had come a little farther i would say
1: also at the beginning his casual insults were not good enough i feel like i would have wanted those to get a little more punch up in the writing where he was just like uh it was just stuff like i'm just saying you drive like a psychotic baboon and i'm like ah that could have used a yeah that could have used a sting but you know what are you gonna do
0: yeah so, uh, yeah, let's get to the ratings, each of us. Zero to five to get a rating out of ten. I feel weird that I'm going to give a movie this infamously bad a move, a
1: score above, like, even the halfway mark, but it's a three and a half. It is. It is. It is. That's
0: it, the thing. It's yeah. a three and a half.
1: Yeah. It's a three and a half movie. It's got enough that you watch the whole time, you're like, oh, I love all these characters. Some of these jokes are fine, I guess. Yeah. I understand what they were going for now in a way that I don't think anyone in 1994 quite did.
0: Yeah, no, there's... There's definitely more to this than I think people gave it credit for, mm-hmm. and there are definitely some rough patches, obviously. But yeah. honestly, I mean, even saying like, "Oh, you know, the big joke for Letterman was like, ah, oh, he he calls you know Nathaniel a girl a lot." Yeah, you're like. That's a little rough, but honestly, for '94, that's amazingly restrained.
1: Yeah, pretty much for it, the types of jokes. There, there, there is a little too much of the uh, the you're a girl because you're like a, a an effete a man. But yeah, other than that, it's it's surprisingly restrained. Yeah, I was yeah expecting we don't a lot get any gay, gay jokes. Stuff. Yeah,
0: we don't get anything like that. It's just like, hey, man, you're a fancy lad.
1: <laughs> uh, Nick Swardson, that is the name of the the guy who shows up at Adam Sandler comedies, and he was kind of the mo- the moment at which the movies got so much worse that you couldn't even watch them anymore.
0: Nick Swartzen. Oh, yes. I know who Nick Swartzen is. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, like, there was a point, like, I have hated every Adam Sandler movie starting from Big Daddy onward. Big Daddy was like, people still say it's one of the good ones and I'm like, fuck no, it is. I hate
0: every Adam uh, yeah. Sandler movie I see but from was- <laughs> Big Daddy to Big Dad Z. But there is a point
1: where he starts using Nick Swartzen in the movies and you're like, nope, that you've, you've you've gone too far. You goofed. There's no coming back now. You, you might as well. <laughs> Might as well make (laughs) grownups.
0: Might as well. All right. So a seven out of 10 for Cabin Boy. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for joining us for our wonderful journey into the past and all these wonderful character actors. We will, of course, be doing some TV mastery after this. If you want to keep listening to us talk about random dumb media, we've got more. If you head on over to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Yeah. You can join us if you get the $5 level. That gives you access to every single bonus content thing we do. Not just the TV Mastery, but all of the expanded, expounded universe where we look up weird Star Wars the shit in Wikipedia. Yeah. It gives you all of the characters we make in old role-playing games. Gives you our monthly afterthought and a whole bunch of access to stuff in our Discord.
1: And let me tell you, if you are sick of us telling you that a universally reviled thing is good actually well good news because we're about to tell you that a universally reviled thing deserved it on tonight's episode
0: (laughs) on tonight's episode (laughs) oh that's right so please please join us please (laughs) oh patreon.com system mastery everything that you do helps us keep doing this show helps us Keep doing what we're doing and hopefully do more in the future. Yeah, that's all we want to do is more. All we want to do is more than the, like, 20 shows we put out every day.
1: And all I want to do is dance.
0: (laughs) All I want to do is dance. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us. We'll, of course, be back in another couple weeks with more Movie Mastery. And until then, you all have a good one.